We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land. We respectfully acknowledge elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be. What's our big news? We have big news. So thank you so much, guys. Having um having a good following definitely helped us do this. But we are a finalist in the Wine Communicators of Australia uh, Awards for Best Blog or Podcast. I know. It's incredible. It's so good. So uh, we're very excited. We're drinking sparkling wine as we speak, a we celebration. Are. We're going to sit down on the night of the awards, which unfortunately are virtual. Yes. Um, and I think Rob has said that he will spring for yeah, some, some champagne. Champagne. I know, I know. Um, Kate, who works here, almost said it to him kind of cheekily, like, oh, are you shouting champagne, Rob? And then he agreed to it. So, And I must give a big shout-out to Rob Dolan Wines because, yeah. seriously, this wouldn't have happened without them. They buy all the wine. Yep. They support us they give us their time uh, our time to do this um they've bought all the kit that we need so we are hugely appreciative i feel like i'm doing my oscar speech (laughs) (laughs) we are very if you take too long i'm gonna play you off yeah i'm not i'm not gwyneth paltrow i'm not gonna you know (laughs) break down but yeah it's um yeah yeah we're chuffed but we also got nominated for best wine and food yeah the pairing method i concentrated less on that one i've got to say because i didn't have to prepare my oscar speech for that one no but um but we're really mal and tori that event oh well oh well you were the star you're the talent i just turned up ate and drank wine i mean and talked about it. How hard can it be? No, lucky you're good at it. Yeah. <laughs> All the stuff that went on behind it. So well done us. Yeah. And and thank you everyone. Like part of all this is how many people listen and how many people are engaging with it. So it really is thanks to you guys as well. Um, we'll keep you up to date when we know. But um Exciting news, but hey, let's go to what are you drinking? So this week, and I don't normally do Rob Dolan wines, but we are about to release a 2020 Black Label Marsan, and I tried it, and I was just blown away by how little Marsan I drink, and I know that you are the exact opposite. You're just a complete fan. I love Um, it. It's from the uh, Tallarook Vineyard, so it's right at the foothills of the um, Great Dividing Range, so not Yarra Valley. Coolish part of the Goulburn mm. Valley. Um, big, lots of alcohol, oily texture. And I just, as I was drinking it, I remember because I had to do a tasting note for it, thinking, what do I serve with this? And I just kept coming up with a million thoughts. And so I'm wondering if Marsan is kind of maybe your all rounder. Oh, big call. So I think we need to do, we do need to dive a little bit deeper into. Can, can you go over what it actually tastes like? So it's got beautiful honeysuckle, a beautiful, a gorgeous oily texture. There's a chalkiness to it. There's some minerality, chamomile tea, um, and a kind of orange blossom character. So if you had to compare it to um, like one of the more known grape varietals, what would you say? Viognier, if people know Viognier. Oh, yeah, Viognier. But what, I don't what like... About, like um, a more known one. Like, is it similar to Chardonnay? No. No. But not. it's not really similar to Sauvignon Blanc or Riesling, is it? Riesling it's... and Chardonnay together, would you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have some of that 
freshness from Riesling and, and yeah. it's got good acidity. Yeah. Um, but ripe Chardonnay, probably not what yeah. we do here in the Yarra, more the, the tropical fruit. Different, yeah. I, I don't know. There was just an oiliness and um, made me realise that I probably need to drink way more of this. Yeah, and they man. age incredibly well. They age so well. Everyone just go out and buy yourself an aged Marsan. And they're like 10 bucks They cost new. Yes. We always talk about on here like um, like where to spend your money so we know Pinot, spend more. Shrouds, you don't have to spend as much. Marsan, it's one of those ones that if for some reason or another, it doesn't cost much to go Google. And I just found out that Mel has some sparkling Marsan from <gasps> yes. Chateau de so I'm I'm kind of converted. It is a great variety. I have to say that I've really ignored because everyone knows um, I love Riesling. Yeah. Having tasted this for work, I just thought I'd talk about it because I just I think yeah, go out and taste it, yeah. support it. Yeah. The, the vines, you know, are old. Yes. And we're the biggest grower of Marsan outside of the Rhone Valley. Yeah, it's so cool. You know, it's not grown anywhere else. Yeah. So yeah. Right. Good. Um, and fun fact, Meg. Okay, fun fact. This is um, a little bit sciencey, but I'm a, I'm a science nerd. So we smell we smell things two ways. One is called our orthonasal, up our nose. So we stick our nose in a glass of wine and we smell it. We then take the wine into our mouth, and the volatile components, those that need heat, will go up the retronasal passage, which is up the back of your palate, and that's how you smell as well. And if you don't mm. believe me, and I've said this before, hold your nose when you're tasting yeah. wine and you can't taste anything. So some researchers in Ohio University wanted to see if the way we perceive the delivery method yeah. up our nose or through our mouth <gasps> altered the way we perceive yeah, smell. okay, cool. So they looked, they gave lavender and honeysuckle and all these different flavours or aromas to people and there was a huge difference between the descriptors. If you gave up your nose, up your nose, same descriptors, up your nose, in your mouth, different descriptors. So it seems that our saliva and everything has, a, has an impact on how we perceive that retronasal aroma. So, like, what does that mean in real life terms? That we're, we're going to taste wine differently than we smell it? Yeah. So, you know when you smell something and sometimes you expect it to look like the same in your mouth yeah. when you smell it? Well, it's it not going to because there's chemicals in your saliva ah. that are changing it. But the other thing that was really interesting was if they told you what you were smelling. <gasps> yeah. So, they said lavender. Yeah. You would misidentify it more times. Yeah. Than if they didn't tell you what you were smelling no, in, in both delivery systems. Now you've got the marketer's attention, the power of suggestion. So don't tell them. That was the thing. They misidentified. Oh, what? I know. See, now she's upset. Um, here we go. Researchers were surprised to find that the less participants knew about the reference aromas, that is, when they were labelled with a species name or a letter, the better their chance of correctly identifying a match when using different routes of delivery. The unexpected findings suggest that aroma detection and thus perception involves learning, memory and cognitive strategy. Wow. 
So for all of you people out there thinking, I can never taste wine, blah, 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 don't read the back labels. Okay, but like um, I'm, I can't remember if I've spoken about this on the podcast before, but when I was training to be a wine ambassador, they gave us two kinds of jelly, red jelly and green jelly, and we had to taste it and write down all the characters that we could taste in the jelly. So with red, it was like raspberry, strawberry, whatever. With like um, green, we wrote down like apple and lime. And then at the end, they told us it was the same jelly. They just dyed one red and one. That's colour. This is looking at... But it's all the power of suggestion, right? Yeah, but this is nose delivery versus mouth delivery. Hmm. So clearly our saliva is having some impact. I mean, it's a super, super exciting study. I mean, it's it's really nerdy. I wonder if anyone's actually interested. I am. No, I mean, obviously you I are. I I'm interested. Like- but I mean, like, I wonder if our listeners are interested. Can you let us know? Is this, this interesting? This or do you, you want off. us to bring back the penis wine? <laughs> no. This will turn you off. In short, the challenges created by the duality of smell phenomenon in combination with cognitive dissonance are at least partly responsible for the confusion consumers experience when they have difficulty identifying non-food aromas ascribed to wines. Translate. Um, basically, because we perceive things differently between smell and up our retronasal passage in yeah. your mouth. When we read all these descriptors that you write, yeah. pointing the finger here, <laughs> um, and they don't see them, yeah. it may be because they're not smelling. Yeah. You're writing down the smell. Gotcha. You're writing down the flavour. Oh, my God. Mm. Now we know. See? <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I just think that's that – I, I just find – Sense. Yeah, it's very interesting. Amazing because we have no control over it. Yeah. We like to think we do and it still packs a punch and goes, yeah. no, stuff you bitch, I'm going to, you know, <laughs> put you back in your place. I can tell you what this is and you can still misidentify me. It's great. Anyway, uh, on right. to the wine. On to the wine. So, look, it is springtime here in Australia and we are so excited to get into summer. The weather is warm and normally that means that I personally would make the move to white wines. But Meg, when I when we were talking about what we're going to talk about today, she's like, what if we do red wines for summer? So what prompted this was I was reading Bon Appetit. It's an American magazine and they were talking about a – Great variety from Sicily for Pato, yeah, and it's designed to be chilled, yeah. And I thought we live in a hot climate, yeah. Why aren't we drinking them? And so, so many people like reds but not whites. So we've done this really cool experiment. Last night we did uh, a wine tasting online with some of our, cust- our very faithful customers who are about to open up, and we had our Rob Dolan Black Label 2019 Black Label Pinot Noir which is a pretty grunty mm. Pinot. And I said to Mel, I think that would be great. Chilled. And Mel said, no, 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 we've got to go with something fruitier. Yeah, I do. So she sold our True Colours Pinot, which yep. has got little oak, um, not as many tannins. But I sneakily put the Black Label in the fridge and I'm going to pour it for you. All right. It's – I thought usually when you chill red wine down, the tannin becomes much more obvious and you don't see as much fruit. So you need a super fruity wine. Well, that's why I thought they're True Colours. I, I, I didn't think that the Black Label made much sense to chill, to be honest. Maybe we're wrong. All right. All right. Because then. this smells fruitier, more confected, and the tannins seem to disappear. It's just amazing – Okay, so far you're right, but I know what. Now I'm worried it's Try the power it. of suggestion. Try it. But 
No, because the parasuggestion according to this doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. I'm sorry, it doesn't work. You can still smell the oak, but you smell that beautiful violet perfume of Yarra Valley Pinot. Plum and raspberry on the nose. Okay. Ah, fine. Okay, look, if I'm going to be wrong against anyone, it might as well be a master of wine, but that is actually phenomenal. I actually, in theory, I agreed with you. I was like, this could be really hard and horrible, but I'm just, I'm now, Rob will be devastated. (gasps) Oh my God, you need to get this down. Black label, grunty Pinots. It's really good. I wouldn't do it with our more our white label, more ethereal. No, Pinot. I hate using that word, but I, more I delicate. Thought, but this is I this is Gruntsville. It would make the tannin more like rough, and but it's actually made it really smooth mm. and gorgeous, and like lifted the the beautiful fruit. It's coming and juicy and red licorice and yum. All right, you win. But I want about the Beaujolais. True. <laughs> I'll give you that because it's Beaujolais. Okay. So we're doing summer reds. <laughs> yeah. um, there is, I think, you know, I know when I worked in Italy, we would often sit outside with a Valpolicella in the ice bucket. Um, didn't think twice about it because we kind of figured it was cheap wine. It was, you know, a couple yeah. of euros a, a bottle and yeah. you're in a restaurant and it's only a couple of euros. So we chill it down and it was yummy, yummy, yummy. Then having seen this article in Bon Appetit, I thought, well, why aren't we chilling our reds? Yeah. So I've got – I started with a sparkling Shiraz because it's an iconic Australian wine. I bought um, Andrew Garrett, which I don't even know if Andrew Garrett exists anymore. It used to be a big I, label. I've, sparkling I've Shiraz, it was like $11. I, I recognise the label, but I don't actually know the name. It's synonymous with original, approachable, and authentically Australian. Is that why you recognise the name? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Back label. Seriously, people. Um, it's 13% alcohol. Usually, I'm imagining this will be sweet. And I, I asked this to Meg just before we started. Um, do you serve sparkling Shiraz in a Shiraz glass or a sparkling glass? I do, but I generally only serve sparkling Shiraz once a year um, at Christmas Yeah, uh, with plum pudding and I reuse the sparkling glasses that I've used for the champagne while we were opening presents. So we stick with sparkling glass and you chill it 100% of the time? Would you ever have – because it's red wine. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I don't know. I, I haven't given it that much thought. I know it's a, a, a style that you really like. Um, yeah. I've always drunk it in sparkling wine glasses. Okay. So, but I actually have the new Riedel champagne glasses, which are a little bit like a normal white wine glass. Um, not sure that I still agree, but they think that the flute, which is what we're drinking at, is is not good for sparkling wine. Yeah. But let's have a look at this. This is Shiraz, iconic Australian style. It's, it's polarising. You either love it or you hate it. I've shown this to... Friends in France, and they're just like, but why? What do you mean? Because they, yeah. Why would well, you do they, that? But they don't stray from tradition. No, this right. is what we love about Australia. That's right. And let's make it. They make gamay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It's really sweet. Couldn't you have bought a good one? You're not proving my point. No, I bought this because. Mm, yeah, no. That's. It's fruity. I was going to get the pepper jack, but. 
which is probably the best. No, pepper no, tree, pepper jack, whatever it's called. We've totally got better ones. Like there's a, like this is you bought a cheap, ugly one, Meg. Come on. It's okay. Okay, we'll we will redo this. Can we redo tasting? it? Yeah. yeah, but you can chill it down. It's delicious. This would be nice in a sangria. <laughs> yeah, it would. It's basically is sangria. Okay. Yeah, it tastes like sangria. It's sangria. You add fruit. That's sangria. Okay. Look. Moving everyone. on. Okay, we will redo sparkling. We'll do a sparkling Shiraz episode. How about that? Oh, <gasps> yes. Oh, sparkling red. I Love shut that. her up and made it happen. <laughs> Thanks. <God. laughs> okay, so when I did this, I didn't really know what to do. I didn't want to do Valpolicella or this Frappato from Italy because everyone kind of knows yeah. that. <laughs> so I, I thought about light-bodied red. So I have – and I wanted something a bit different that might stretch you a little. So I have a wine from Austria. It's a Blausweigelt. Blausweigelt. So it means Blausweigelt. Okay. And Weigelt is a great variety, uh, quite fruity, acidic. Think Barbera. Okay, so I've got a Domaine Wachau, Austrian, Wachau, if you see it on the label, um, Blausweigelt from 2018. What I've done is I've kept a glass um, at room temperature, normal wine temperature, and then I've chilled down the bottle. Cool. So we can compare and contrast. So we're just going to have a little look at these with no slipping. <laughs> let it go, let it go. The lady can hold a grudge. <laughs> I can, I never forget. Yeah. Mel's face on the, the room temperature one is just like shaking her head. Is that bad? Is it off? Like... Um, oh no, that's not right. That can't be right. There's okay. not. There's it's not. a little bit volatile. Yeah. So it's a, a, a volatile, like a, a acetic acid, um, vinegar, nail, more nail polish remover rather mm. than acetic acid, and a little bit animal. It is. I don't. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. It is. It's like animal-y. That's exactly it. It tastes like meat in like a bad way. I don't have a lot of experience with. Blausweigelt as a Blausweigelt as a grape variety, so I don't really know. But no, that would not be my first choice. No, um, I didn't do these a hundred percent randomly. I actually investigated what people had reviewed, and this came up. Maybe in Austria it would taste better. Oh my god, it's so much better chilled. I actually, it's muted that character I really didn't like. Oh no, that's nice. Yeah, it's nice. So I looked up. Wow. Chilled reds. Wait, so do I not like it because of the varietal or is it off? Can we? What happens when the wine is warmer, mm-hmm. there are compounds that are volatile, mm. so they need heat, mm. so they're, they're lifted up. It's like when you deglaze a pan when you're cooking, you can smell the alcohol coming off versus not deglazing, uh, deglazing on a cold pan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all the volatile components, which often are faulty components, yeah, are highlighted in this wine. So hey, take home message: any crap wine that you chill drink, it. chill it. But when it's chilled, it's kind of a bit licoricey. Yeah. Um, it's, there's still some of that animal. It, it exists, but it's 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 but far it's certainly less subdued. Yeah, and the tannins. It doesn't seem as raspy and quite offensive in your It's your much palate. more palatable. But she's um, tipping it out. Look, I'm still tipping it out. But 
Yeah, but look, I, I can make my peace with it. Chilled. I, I, I genuinely just like wouldn't drink it. <laughs> the way it is. Yeah, look, it's not really going to be my go-to wine, either warm or chilled, but better yeah. chilled. Yeah. The second wine that we have is a Paxton Shiraz Grenache from McLaren Vale, organic and biodynamic. Um, I seem to think this is like sub-20. One of my issues with McLaren Vale wines often is the high levels of alcohol that I don't like. So we have, again, the Capira contrast of warm versus cold. All right, let's do it. I think I wouldn't normally choose a Shiraz for like a summer chiller type wine, but look, I'm, I'm going Shiraz. in. Shiraz, Grenache is a great variety that I think lends itself well to chilling. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. It's kind of bubblegummy. Weird AF, I've got to say. Yeah. What it seems, the chilling seems to do, it gives a confected character to the fruit that you don't yeah. see in the normal wine. So it is like – that's like having the, – the, the normal temperature wine is strawberries and raspberries yeah. and red fruit. And then for me, the chilled wine doesn't have the length no. or the body or anything, but it has this really lovely fruitiness yeah. like raspberry lollies and yeah. strawberries and cream. Yeah. In lollies. a good way. I love it. Mel's looking confused or lost. Yeah, I actually can't decide whether I like it. Um, oh, my God, it's so fruity. Like cool or room temperature. As but that's wine, where I'm at. As a wine, I prefer it warm. Mm-hmm. As a summer drink on a Sunday afternoon with friends sitting outside, not thinking about mm. it, that would be more appealing, the chilled wine, because yeah. it's just so in your face fruity. Yeah, it is. I actually awesome. don't like the... The texture of the fruit, but yeah. I think it would. What is the alcohol on that? Uh, it is fourteen uh, percent. Whoa! Yeah. So my advice is not generally go high alcohol wines. Yeah. These, um, chilled wines, but that's that's pretty damn fine. Yeah. No, I like it. I do really like it. Okay. Now we have one that's very close to Mel's heart. Campo Viejo. Oh, so the context is my um, oh, I first got into wine when I got a job as a wine buster and I was sent to Canada to just like make people like wine. And this is one of the wines that I had to talk about. And, and do you know what? Okay. The, oh, sorry. I'm going off track. But I um, the reason I have a tattoo corkscrew on my back is because I would spend so many trade shows and, like, I'd spend so much of my time uncorking these wines that, like, I don't know, I just fell in love with the corkscrew because I thought it was so beautiful and romantic. And I know you don't agree with me. You're, like, team screw cut. Well, maybe it's because the corks are crap because I've just tried to get the cork out of the bottle. I'm not going to have to use corkscrew. I mean, maybe if you had have uncorked it properly the first time, you wouldn't have this problem. (laughs) She's getting sassy. Okay. Chilled Um, wine makes her sassy. So the reason I've chosen this is in Spain they have various levels of wine based on age. So they have what is called Holven. You would read that as Joven on the label, J-O-V-E-N, which has got no age. Yes. Um, 
Then you have Crianza, which or Crianza, C R I A N Z A, yeah, which has got and depending on where you are in Spain between six and twelve months of age on it, and then. We'll just ignore the other ones. We've got your reserver and grand reserver. There's a lot, The yeah. best wines are the best wines. Generally, I would pick a Hoven wine to be chilled. Um, if any of you have been to Spain, it's a bloody hot, dry country. Mm. They tend to eat dinner at 10.30 at mm. night. Um, and I always used to find the wines just far too hot because it's still like 30 degrees Celsius. Oh, gorgeous. You're sitting outside you're yeah. like, oh, my God. Okay, for once, when you tell your travel stories, I'm I completely understand. Yes, so my I wanted to see what Tempranillo, which we in Australia think is a sort of a lightish bottle, medium bodied red, would look yep. like chilled. I've never tried it chilled, so I'm really excited. So we have the Campo Viejo Rioja Tempranillo 2019 Crianza. So it has a little bit of age on it. So the warm one. Hmm. I think Campo Viejo is the most sold wine in the whole of Spain. No, in the world. It's the most consumed red wine in the world. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's global. And the thing about it is usually with those brands you think, yeah. Mm. But it's actually, what was Taylor saying to me? She, Taylor's our cellar door manager. She was saying that, oh, I love it because it's just always good and the same. Yeah. So as a table yeah, a wine, yeah, reasonable. Okay, I'm going to go against the trend. Personally, I prefer room temp. Same. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. Why? Why, Nick? Maybe the tannins and the oak tannins. Um, maybe if we got a hoven, which is what I wanted to, mm. to do. Um, no. But of all the wines that we've tasted, that's the only one. So when you get to go to Spain, don't drink Spanish wine. <gasps> drink uh, Paxton or... Oh, my God. Blauswegelt. Oh. No, okay. Uh, <laughs> smells just like daggers. <laughs> you can go to Spain. And not drink I will find your some. Car. I will find some Hoven. We, we do an uh, an El Toro Hoven. I think <laughs> WCT. I'm just looking at Tori. So we might do okay. Do that. Um. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. No, that didn't work at all. Uh, but I mean, uh, okay. Okay. Devil's advocate. Um, wines for summer don't necessarily need to be chilled. It's just kind of cool to taste them chilled. But in theory, if you're going to a picnic. And you don't want to bring an esky. You want a light red wine that is going to be awesome for a picnic, but you don't want to have to keep it cold. In which case, this could be really good. So chill it down before you leave. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Or maybe you don't need it. Maybe you don't have time to chill it down before you leave. But like, if you're going to a picnic, I think is it's going to heat up during the picnic. You need it. Yeah. The hotter it gets, the more the alcohol becomes really obvious, and yeah. that's why I find red wine during summer quite. Tiring. Yeah. So um, my rule of thumb advice is, and this Paxton really doesn't help me with that, is go for lower alcohol yeah. stuff. Go for the Gamays. Yes. Um, Pinots. So but don't you, spend a lot. If you don't have the option to chill it, you'd still go like Gamay Pinot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but sometimes if you just throw it in the esky with some old chilibun, if you're from Chilibun. Chilibun. <laughs> um, just throw it in those ice bricks. It'll yeah. get kind of cool. I've never really been into to chilling reds. I know that if I find a really a wine that's really alcoholic at home, I'll put it in the fridge to drop the yeah. alcohol back. Yeah. But not chill it down. I just sort of knock the alcohol out a little bit. But I think that there is a whole category out there that oh. that look better, like our black label Pinot. Oh my Sorry. god. I kind of want to get Rob in here, to be honest. He'll be devastated. No. Yeah, get him. Is it cold enough? Okay, well, look, this has been awesome. I feel like the take-home message is if you're if it's summer and you've got a light, lighter red wine, it's worth trying it cold. Definitely. And just experiment. I'm, uh, I am a real skeptic. I didn't think that these would yeah, necessarily it work. Was awesome. So I've kind of walked away thinking you know what there and it's a different yeah vibe for the wine it's not just like oh i'm drinking a wine and it's cold it's actually a different wine yeah it is yeah no absolutely and i think that that our black label pinot i don't want to bang on about our wine but that really (laughs) yeah out of all of them that had the biggest transformation because we weren't expecting it to be there I really and the Paxton thought. I thought you were going to be wrong, Mac. Mm. You weren't. You proved me wrong. <laughs> I just thought that. I, I thought that there's enough fruit behind all of that. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, look. Before we finish up, we do have a question this week, and I love the question this week. Uh-oh. It is from Matt, and his question is: it it's threefold. But the first question is: What is your favorite cask wine? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I probably haven't drunk cask wine since before you were born. <laughs> um, so the last cask wine, apart from the Lethbridge Pinot Noir that mm-hmm. Mel bought for us to taste, that I remember drinking was a Fruity Lexia. So would you, would you call that your favourite? It was a long time ago and it went really well when I was camping with my girlfriends okay, with Freud, camembert okay, and okay. cranberry. <laughs> okay, follow-up question. How do you feel about Guna Fortune? I don't even know what that is. That's the one we were telling about the other day with the horse voice. You, you pin the goon bag to the, the washing line then you spin it and whoever it, leans on, whoever it lands on no. has to drink out of the bag. Sick. Yeah, I, I love wine so I'd rather sit down with Mel – um, and chat to her rather than standing under a hill's hoist and having to drink shit. Meg, Matt is our listener. Respect Matt. Okay, Matt, sorry. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> mm, it's hard to be respectful, mate. Um, let me think. Uh, I, I don't drink wine to get drunk. Okay, all right, all right. Oh, lame. Okay, last last question, Meg. Have you ever used an empty green bag and used it as a makeshift pillow after a big night? No, but I do it in the bath. Have done it in the bath. Oh, okay. Well, then that's that's half a answer. Uh, hey, Rob. Yes. Matt, I don't drink goon. Rob, have you ever played Goon of Fortune? Goon of Fortune. Yeah, I don't in know. Honestly, no. But, but you know what it is. I know what Goon of Fortune. Got a bit of an idea. Obviously, it's a good bag. We just heard a bit about a good bag. Mm-hmm. But no, I do not know, to be honest. I, I live a very short life. <laughs> All right. 
So we've brought Rob in to taste his wine. This Chilled is this label. is our black label, black label. Pinot Chilled. Noir. Rob, have you ever tasted this wine chilled before? No, I've never tasted it. No, I have never tasted it. I've tasted it before, but not chilled. What What are your expectations going into this? Yeah. Uh, it would be a little bit less lifted on the nose, and it would be uh, it would have lost its middle palate. And they've been a bit more aggressive on the palate. That's for the normal situation when you chill a wine or over chill a wine. Yeah. All right, we'll get into it and let us know what you think. Well, it's beautiful on the nose, lovely bridal, isn't it? <laughs> Much we were. But no, wow. I'm not allowed to say anything. Like Looks bloody good, doesn't it? Actually, <laughs> <laughs> we were the same. We were like, oh my god. Are we living in Queensland or what's going on? In Queensland, I'd recommend you give it a chance. Oh, no, well, it's, it's for summer. Yeah, it's for summer. So, yeah. But normally this one, I would expect to be a little more tannic because it's delivering from those sort of yeah. more like, shallow soils, so it's mm. a little more tough on the palate. And we wanted it that way, but this this actually given it some softness. <laughs> hey, what have we discovered, Nick? We <laughs> thought it would be... I said last night, because we did this in a wine tasting with Nelson's, that I think this would be quite interesting till down. We thought the true colours would look better because it'd be more fruity. Yeah. True colours just disappears, and this actually looks more confected, it does. juicy, fruitier. And there's oak there, but the tannins, which I would expect would have been really, ugh, look fabulous. Blue our minds. Yeah. Is that what, that's the reason we're doing the style, is it? Some of the best pinots in the world are almost undrinkable as young wine. Yeah. So I wanted to make a wine that had some structure to it. It's off the really shallow soils. It's only about 300 metres from Mount Mary, so it's one of the yeah. best sites in the area. And it's a great red site. So it does have more tannin, more structure. But, but it, look at that. How, how fruity does it look chilled? Yeah, it's amazing. Good. You don't need Oh, no, no, no. We've got one final question oh, for oh. you, Rob. Have you ever, at the end of a big night, Blown up a goon bottle and use it as a pillow. Goon bag. Goon bag. A goon no, bag. No, I'd never do something like that. Rob! I'll be out cold, sound asleep. You <laughs> didn't donate a pillow. <laughs> I have a naughty story I can tell you, but no. Tell it, tell it, tell it. Alan Blister's funny. You know when you dream that you're throwing up? Yeah. There's nothing oh, worse than waking up in the morning and you go, oh my god, I have thrown up. <laughs> So, you want to have a safety Yeah, you are. Wait, wait, were you drinking good or were you drinking something fancy? Never mix your drinks. You drink the same thing all the time. So, if you're going to drink, if you're going to drink, don't mix it with beer and whiskey and all those types of things. Just drink wine or just drink beer. All right. And that was my mistake. Never mix the drinks. All right. Upsets the old coming. Wise words from Mr. Robert Dolan. Thank you for joining us, Rob. <laughs> Okay, so we've had to edit that part out because Meg just told so many embarrassing stories about her husband. Sorry, darling, but when you get drunk, you do piss in some places. <laughs> so, I mean, look, if you ever come to Rob Dolan Wine, see if Meg's around and maybe she'll tell you the stories in real life. <laughs> it's just a weird thing. <laughs> So that's all we have for today. Oh, God, I'm dying. I can barely catch my breath. Um, <laughs> we hope you enjoy your next glass of wine. And drink well. <laughs> Bye.